Welcome to episode 178 of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we discuss the first few days of SEC Media Days and Chris's wild ride to Nashville. You can find the show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com, Spotify, typically Apple Podcasts, though we are having trouble on that particular platform right now. And you can join us for the live recording of the show in season every Sunday night at 8 Eastern Time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. You can find clips from the show on Twitter at at SatDownSouth, on Instagram and TikTok at at SaturdayDownSouth, and on YouTube at at SaturdayDownSouth1. And now, here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, fresh out of Nashville, finally, Chris Marler. What's up, man? You're up at Media Days. What's going on? I am. um, So it took me long enough to get here, um, but it's been fun. It's been a good day. I've jokingly told um, multiple people, I was like, I'm going to take a nap at some point because I'm just... Well, you probably not because but, you've had five hour energy. Five five hour energies. <laughs> I told you that in confidence, Dick. Well, I didn't um, mention how many. No, so I, oh yeah, no, very dude. fair. Um, I I have had a long forty eight hours. Um, before anyone starts, if anyone mentions that you should have just drove to Nashville, no shit. I get it. I fully get it. Please stop telling me that. Hindsight's um, twenty twenty is what I anyway, always say. I came up with that. Hindsight's twenty over the speed limit if you're Kirby Smart. <laughs> I don't mean that. That wasn't even that good of a joke. Uh, but no, I finally made it here. It was been a nightmare of a situation. You went to Florida, which was yeah. Nice. I went to little panhandles. I did the typical uh, Caucasian mid thirties. Oh, you get some red door. Yep. Went to Red Door, um, or wait, no, Red Bar, Red Bar. Um, Red Bar, Red Bar, yeah. You know, little Grayton Beach, little Santa Rosa Beach, little Crab Island, you know, we, we did the little tour down there. Yeah. I went to Crab Island senior year, but with a pill it went away, which was nice. nice. So was uh, I did meet a Bama, well, I, did, I didn't just meet him, but I hung out with, again, with a, a, a buddy of mine who lives down there that's a big Bama guy, listens to the show. Yeah. Um, also nice. replicated. I don't know if I told this story last time on the podcast when I went down there last time I met him. He created a Twitter account for Joe Lee Dunn. Okay. Yeah. Joe Lee Dunn? Like the, my favorite defensive coordinator ever, Joe yeah. Lee Dunn? Yeah, and um, multiple people thought it was the real Joe Lee Dunn, so he's just gone with it. And he actually did a full-on interview with uh, Arizona State 247 as Joe Lee Dunn over the phone. And, and, like, and, and by the way, the the article still lives. They never found out it wasn't actually Joey Dunn. So, I that that part makes me uncomfortable, even for my lack of journalistic uh, seriousness. I guess I'll say, but Joey Dunn yeah. is incredible. If you like, listen, I, I bring this up like once every couple months. If you don't know who Joey Dunn is, go look at Joey Dunn immediately he Jolie dunn looks like a living hangover <laughs> like just he's an amoeba of a person that came to life never wore socks once they, like 
he like he would show up like like your drunk uncle at a wedding. He's like, oh, I got my loafers and my khakis, and I forgot to put on socks. But it's and I'm hot as shit, man. It's hot. Like he also started the three three five yes. defense. Yep, which was a, a whole thing. Him and Jackie Sherrill at Mississippi State was one of the best combinations of all time. Love it. Love your love your knowledge of the game. Like, you know, them. Yeah. Um. All right. So. People that follow you on social media probably know that it took you a bit of time to get to Nashville. You're there now, but let's let's get into a little bit into kind of your journey to the SEC Media Days. Okay, so this is this is what happened. If I would have driven, it would have cost more than flying. And I remember I was like looking at flights. I'm telling my mom, you know, because she, she's gonna have to watch Pepper. And I was like, all right. Um, she's like, well, she's like looking at flights. So then she goes. Spirit Airlines like 78 bucks. I'm like, I'm not flying Spirit because I'm not a peasant for one. And two, I want to actually make it there. So we're joking around about it. I get a flight from Delta, like a fucking normal adult. Um, fly from Columbia to Atlanta to, to Nashville. And my flight was at like eight o'clock on Sunday night, two and a half hour layover in Atlanta. Fly up to Nashville. It's like an hour long flight. I go to Columbia, dude, it takes like seven minutes to get through the Columbia airport. I swear to God, there were more employees there working than there were people flying out. Um, get on the plane, get to Atlanta. It's like an under an hour flight. Get off the plane in Atlanta, go to like one of the bars there. I think it was like Sweetwater. Now, this is when things took a turn for the worse because I walked in and the bar was playing If I Could Turn Back Time. And I was like, buddy, I mean, I've just been, everything's been turning up aces yep. for me anyway lately. Um and I was like, this is like such Things a sign. Things keep coming up, Chris, right? at that point. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's how a lot of people view it, but that's how I yeah. want to view it from now on. So then like I go to the gate. I meet the singer, the lead singer of Seven Dust. Oh, the, Seven uh, Dust? yeah. He's uh, the black guy, right? What's his name? He was on the, he was on the flight was next he really? to me. He was like... <laughs> God, you're the first person to even get like if you don't know who seven dust is seven dust was a band that i believe was strictly made for jv football pump-up music like that's all it was something more <laughs> no i don't know oh, that's that's definitely I, seven I, dust. Honestly, I was a big uh, seven dust fan they're from they were from atlanta well, right yeah 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 and he lived in like Nashville or something like that he was going to record music so anyway um i'm sitting there at the gate and it says it's delayed from 11 to 12.30. Is this a.m. or p.m.? And p.m. So, so, so it's going to be okay. 12.30 wow. a.m. So I'm like, all right, like whatever. And um, sitting there and like, it, like clearly something's up. Like people are, are upset. I'm frustrated because now I've been at the airport for too long. I went through a drunk and sobered up at the same time, which was or in, during the span of the layover. Because I'd been there for like three and a half hours. So I get over to where they're about to like start boarding and it's like 1215. It says boarding or leaving at 1227 and the, the doors close. There's like, there's nothing showing that we're going to get on this plane. Then the staff rolls up like the, whatever, like the, the crew, everyone starts clapping. And this lady, I don't not, I don't know how to describe her outside of, she looks like every employee at the Atlanta airport you've ever seen. Okay. And she just came on the phone and goes, ladies and gentlemen, this flight's canceled and just hung it up. That was it. No reason why. Nothing. Just flights canceled. Just drop the done. mic. It's back on. She goes, all, she's like, I understand everyone's upset. The flight is canceled. There's nothing I can do about it. Go to B19, across from B19, the customer oh. service thing. 
and and go to customer service. So so you go down to B. The line for customer service was from B twenty to B twenty eight. It was several hundred Good yards, Lord. like several. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So I, I'm like panicking. I don't know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do. It's it's twelve thirty in the morning now. So I I go to the other end of the concourse and back, and I get in the back of the customer service. And I'm like, all right, this is fine. Tough times make tough people <laughs> or whatever. Same lady comes up. She goes, is anyone still on the 553 flight to Nashville? I raise my hand. She goes, get to the gate. Get to the gate immediately. So I take off running. I get to the gate. They tell me to get on the plane. And we get on the plane. And I'm like, okay, Whew, good. Sit down on the plane. The pilot comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, I, I know you guys have had a very long day. I'm just going to be honest with you. We're not, we're most likely not going to be taking off. We are legally allowed to take off, but what they are doing is having us taxi you out onto the runway for 10 minutes to help alleviate the line and the stress of the customer Yikes. service line. We don't have gas. They refuse to come give us gas. And I'm in the back row. And I'm, I'm like, there's a fucking Bucky's on the way. Just get this thing on 75 North and let's go. <laughs> and so they, they're like, you know, like we're, we're, we're going to taxi out there. Most likely going to turn around, but fingers crossed. We sit on the plane for an hour and five minutes, which is almost double the length of time it takes to get to Nashville. Right. We come back, we get off the plane at 2 AM and I don't, I have no idea what to do. I jokingly. You get, so you, I, so I, you I, come I, back I, to the Atlanta airport, just off the runway. Yeah. We're just we're circling oh around, we're just driving around free drinks. So they give you free and drinks, so free food. I, no. They give me like a voucher. I forgot to cash in. I'm going to get a fuck ton of miles and I'm going to go to the Bama Texas game for free for sure. <laughs> but I was like, you know, so we get, we get off the plane at 2 AM and the line is like still the same distance. Right. And, and I'm like, I post everything to my Instagram story and I see that, that Bonnie, my old roommate and Pepper's mom has seen it. So I jokingly text her. I'm like, I might be coming back to the apartment tonight. Sorry. And she's like, doors open if you need it. And I was like, Oh, Wait, what? So go to the gate. I'm standing at one of the gates to to wait in line. Guy says, guy goes, uh, like I, I'm there for 10 minutes. And all of a sudden the guy behind the kind of goes, sir, sir. And he points at me. I was like, yeah. And he goes, the person in front of you is the last person we're helping tonight. And I went just full on fucking care. Oh, no. And I was like, good, good. That's just fucking great. And then I'm like dropping GDs, like, like walking. You should have gone into so the, mad. uh, this person is not real. <laughs> that motherfucker, that motherfucker <laughs> right there is not real. So like we get, I go to another thing. They, they, they tell me, they're like, listen, there's a 730 flight. We can get you on the 730. 730 AM. And then AM it's three, it's three o'clock yeah. in the morning at this point. And I'm like, no, I want to go home. I want to get in bed. I want to sleep. What's the next flight? Cause, cause Delta sold out of everything. So he goes, what we'll do is we'll put you on our sister airline, American Airlines, and we'll get you on a flight. So the flight is going to be from Atlanta to Charlotte, Charlotte to Nashville. It leaves at 830. You will be in Nashville by tomorrow night, 1137. I go, fine, book it. Give me the thing. Because at 730 a.m., they only had standby. And I was like, I'm not going to stay here for four hours if I don't have a seat. I get, I leave. Uh, plane train's broken. Have to walk from Concourse B to the International Terminal. All the way, all the way down, like get outside, cab drivers outside asleep. I'm like, I'm not even calling an Uber. Give me in the cab. Takes me home to my old apartment. Walk in, get in bed at 3.45 in the morning. Text Bonnie to let her know I'm there. Thank God. Cause she had gone out the night before someone's birthday and doesn't remember sending me that text, uh, that 
that I oh, was. Wow. It could have uh, been alarming, very alarming. Yeah. Yes. So I get up the next day. She takes me to the airport. As she's taking me to the airport, from the time I get out of the, the car to go get my flight, I lose my wallet. No. This was all my fault. Yes. Lose my wallet, freak out. I'm I've been telling you to get a chain back. wallet, dude. <laughs> Seven days. Yeah. So on brand. Um, so he he like she she comes circles around, she's like so calm. I'm I, like I bought some snacks on the way and I threw like one of them out and she's like, are you sure you didn't put it in the bag? And I'm like, at this point, I don't know. Like maybe. So I'm like rummaging through the trash at one point to get these fucking chocolate covered flips out. Breaking news. The wallet was not in the flips pretzel bag. Shockingly enough. Come back. I can't find it anywhere in the midst of all this. I have a full on panic attack <laughs> and I, and I can't, I leave the fucking, I get, I get out of the car. My wallet's gone. I'm like, whatever. I leave the ticket in the car after that, which didn't matter because I got to American Airlines and American Airlines goes, so you don't have a ticket. They requested you a seat and you have a ticket to go from Atlanta to Charlotte and you're good to go to that. But from Charlotte to Nashville is oversold. We can't, we can't accommodate it. And I was like, what does that even mean? So I had to go. Yeah. So at this point I'm like, the trip is fucking over. I'm done. Because my luggage is nowhere to be found. I don't know where to go. So I have to go stand in line. I go stand in line at at um at the Delta thing to figure out how to get all my shit. And Bonnie calls me and goes, I found your wallet. It was under the seat under the mat. Which I don't know what monster made a mat for under a seat in a car anyway, which is because it's fucking ridiculous. She she's like, I'll bring it back to you there in 25 minutes. I get to the front and I'm like, where's my luggage? And they go, It's in Nashville. And I was like, Good, good. She goes, it's on a 7.30 a.m. flight this morning that you were scheduled to be on, it says. And it says you confirmed it and checked in. And I was like, that's a conversation I wasn't a fucking part of because I'm standing in front of you right now. And she was like, okay, I'll book you on this. All I need from you is an ID. Hmm. And I was like, tough. Mother of God. So finally, Bonnie comes in, literally doesn't slow the car down, hands the fucking wallet to me. What a saint. the wallet, run back inside. Yeah, she's the best. Bonnie for fucking ever. Um, hands me hands me the wallet. I go inside, show my ID. They print off the ticket, get on the plane. Get on the plane, man. I'm like, oh, this thing's getting the air. Bro, we so is this now going to Nashville or Charlotte? They, this is okay. going to Nashville. It is now midnight p.m. last night. So Monday night. Okay, so midnight a.m., yeah. whatever you want to say. We get to the we get to the runway to take off. I'm, I swear to God. And, and I'm just fully convinced like this thing's not taking off. And the pilot goes, a light came on maintenance is going to have to come fix it. And I was like, what is happening? And we sat there for 40 minutes and we finally took off and now I'm here. So you missed the first day of media days. Then I'm good. I did. Um, anything out of Sankey or any of the coaches that you heard that you thought was interesting from the first day? You I didn't, haven't I seen didn't any, hear any of it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, I heard that there was some awkwardness about Sankey with Jim, or I'm sorry, um, Feinbaum and Jimbo. I think as you can attest, and we would both agree, the stuff like from media days, uh, especially Jimbo comes in and, and he's not a guy that's comfortable with answering yeah. anything. Um, yeah. I compared to this. You ever lied to your significant other about, about like something 
and you just start adding in way too much shit to like, oh no, and then this happened, like way too many details. That's like what Jimbo does, I feel like, every single time he starts talking because he's so afraid of having to answer a question, I think, honestly. Um, and not even because it's good or bad. I think he's just so used to doing that that he just, that's just what he does now. Um, I saw what Sankey did with the Mike Leach uh, thing where he didn't wear a tie. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, kind of crazy, if you think about it. Like we, we were on the podcast when that happened, when the whole thing started. And and did not think that Leach was going to mm-hmm. pass away. It was just so quick and and nuts how that all played out. Um, so thought that was pretty cool. I didn't catch Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly did look different this year from what I saw, where he seemed way more confident and comfortable. But today was really the day I wanted to be here anyway, which was George and Kirby Smart um, mainly, and then also Hugh Freeze uh, was on, um, and I caught both those before doing Fine Bomb earlier humble brag um one thing i did see is uh jimbo was obviously asked about bobby petrino and if he would be calling plays and he was like Mm -hmm. i'm not getting into that and then he he followed that up with uh bobby was hired for a reason tremendous guy wouldn't say that um (laughs) tremendous football mind hopefully he'll call the game and have suggestions have suggest who jimbo would have suggestions jimbo said that about petrino Hopefully he'll call the game and have suggestions. So he said, Dude, it's going to be a disaster. I'm just telling oh, you right now. I, and I know no one's going to love that more than oh, no. you. I know that. But also, like, I that's funny. Like, that's really funny. Um, because because I think that part of that also is like Jimbo, kind of not purposefully mentioning that. Like he's gonna have suggestions that that tells me, in my opinion, that it's still um, most likely it's still Jimbo's yep. offense. Oh yeah, always has been, always will be. Uh, yeah. So for a team that has finished in the bottom half of the SEC in scoring offense in three of the last four years, I don't know. So we'll see. Um, okay, let's talk about a little bit about what you saw today. Uh, obviously, the schedule was uh, Vandy earlier in, earlier in the morning, and then Georgia and Kirby Smart. Uh, also, Georgia brought Brock Bowers, Kamari Lasseter, and Cedric Van mm-hmm. Pran. So let's get into Georgia a little bit. Yeah, so this was the main thing I wanted to do because I, I, you know, I wanted I wanted to bring up the Kirby Smart seven and five thing. Um, I'm I am continuously impressed more and more every time I see Kirby in this kind of setting. I was worried about how this would go this year because he's talking about all the stuff in the offseason and the stuff about the speeding. He addressed it. He had some numbers to kind of bring that up. Um, I think, and, and Paul like, Feinbaum said this too after after we were done with it, and he was like, I kind of think that whether you like it or not, it may sound crass or bad or, or whatever. In a couple of weeks, no one's going to be really talking about this. Like, this is they're going to start talking about Carson Beck and who the quarterback's going to be and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think he would have been – he he did a tremendous job of covering all of his bases before letting the media ask questions. And the question I wanted to ask him was mainly about making a joke about seven and five because nobody has gaslit themselves more than Georgia fans or Georgia players, or maybe even maybe it's all from Kirby as you saw on the on the field last year. So my question to him was a legitimate question, which was, I mean, you're talking about this dude that that has. He's in going into year eight of his head coaching career. He's already played for three national championships, right? He's won two in a row. 
They're the favorite to win another one. They last year was supposed to be a stopgap year where you like you're not as strong. This year, the way the schedule is, all the returning talent, all that kind of stuff. It it looks very good for Georgia. And he brought up complacency, fighting through complacency, how to motivate his players. Last year, the whole thing was we are not going to be hunted. Um, this year, it was a little bit different. It was you know better never rests, um, which I thought was fine. It wasn't as like you know didn't get me as amped up, but it was still good. And it's clear that he's finding a motto and a message to send. The question I had was if you if you have the number one recruiting class in the country right now, you won back to back natties, you put more kids in the league in your first seven years than any other coach in modern college football era, like what do you think is an area you can improve on? Um, I asked that and then and I was like, what the, how did that go? So my follow-up to that, I said, before you answer Kirby, and I pointed at the guy next to me, who was George Somerville. From the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got to meet up? Over in yeah. yeah. Is that the first so, time you so guys I, have um, met in person? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I pointed next to I, I pointed at, I, or he's sitting next to me, and I said, and I told him I was going to do it beforehand. I was going to do it yeah, with whoever yeah, yeah. I was sitting next to. Yeah, I told Graham Coffee, Dog Out West, I was going to do it, and he's like, "No, you're not, dude. No, you're not." I was like, "I then don't sit next to me because I'm a thousand percent <laughs> doing this." So I asked the question, and then I said, "And before you answer, I just want you to know, I don't know who this guy is, but he told me before I got the mic that y'all were going seven and five, so you're welcome." And he was like, "Huh? Hold on." He said, what now? I go, he said, y'all are going seven and five. You're welcome. And I hand the mic back and everyone starts laughing and he kind of gets uncomfortable. So again, he looks at the guy on stage. He goes, I still didn't hear what he said, but it sounded like it was funny. I'm going to tell you right now. He a thousand percent heard what I said. He referenced it in the next fucking question <laughs> that he was asked. But um, he was talking about like speaking to how they motivate the team and how he's like, we don't listen to the outside media. It's funny to me with Georgia because this whole thing about we don't listen to the outside media. Yeah, you do. And you made all that up about a year ago about how you were disrespected. Nobody thought y'all could do it in seven and five. And it's okay to do that. It's very clear that he does that. Um, and, and a lot of teams do it. But to say you're not worried about the media oh, less than a week after the athletic department is sending a full on, like, you know, for lack of better words, seek or wow, cease and desist to the AJC and the article they put, you've a thousand percent been listening to what the media says and it's talking season anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Um, I think I heard that he was questioned, uh, on the easy schedule. I didn't hear that part. Um, he, he, there's one question about the super speed or the speeding thing. Um, Again, I, like my takeaway from from Kirby was that I don't think there's a coach in the conference or, or maybe even the country that does a better job of speaking to their team through the podium, and and more importantly, the like it's so clear that this is still just the beginning of what they have going in Athens, and you know, I, like that schedule. I just don't see anybody that, that challenges them in the regular season. That That's the only thing I can still think of that might be the downfall, which is, okay, that you're not challenged going into into the postseason. Oh, we better so, get like an Urban Meyer uh, uh, moment out of you where there's like a man in the background and, and he's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. Bro, there's construction and shit going on outside the door. I got in bed at like 2 a.m. I came in hot because I'm staying with Gordy. Oh, from, man. Uh, or Chris Gordy, obviously. He's, 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 I came in and I was like, whoo, like fired up. 
and he was like, I'm asleep. Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been fun. I, I tell you what, the who I had the most interactions with today was Auburn. Or and and I think maybe the bigger takeaways I had for me was Auburn um even more than Georgia because Auburn media was apparently mad about my question. Um, I mean, that's just ridiculous. And how uh, what is this like a what is this like a golf like press conference? Like I, I Right. Well and like so and here's the thing. I asked a legitimate question and, and like there is not a single fucking part of me that is going to apologize to someone else for me talking about a school that you have no relationship with or, or, or correlation with. You're an Auburn beat writer. It's, it is the weird, like Auburn media is almost like, like A&M fans or Georgia Twitter. It's like this very weird, like, like different reality that we're living in. And, and like, again, this whole big J journalist shit, like gatekeeping, who's allowed to, who's allowed to say what we are in a room full of several hundred people. You raise your hand and they call on you, raise your fucking hand. And ask the question. And I tell you another thing, Tyler, there's no part of me that's going to apologize or feel bad about it, but it is a weird, weird behavior, at least for me as a 37-year-old man, to subtweet someone in the same fucking room as them and not have like the, like, I don't know, balls to come up and just fucking say it to you. Like that, that is like, because I didn't know it even happened until I got to, to the lunch part. I will say, all that aside, Hugh Freeze was impressive to me on the podium as well. Um, I know that, so it was kind of funny when they brought him out, Sankey's bringing him up and, and it, Sankey brought up Kirby playing at Georgia in 94 to 98 or whatever. So it's not like anything for the past is off the table. Sankey brought up Hugh Freeze and he goes, he was a former head coach at Liberty where they had a record of, and he starts listing off all that. And that was it. Didn't say yeah. anything about Ole Miss. And then so, yeah. Right. So then, so then, Freeze comes on. The first thing out of his mouth was, "It's good to be back," which I yeah. thought was kind of funny. Um, but he, he, you know, he was asked a couple of challenging questions. I thought were really good. Um, the way he approached them, he did say one thing that I thought was very telling, and that was something I haven't thought about. Which he said was because I think there was a time when I was one of the best play callers in in all of college football, and I'm hoping I can get back to there. But a lot of times when you have when you're calling plays with success you do it when you have it helps when you have really good players around you they make you look mm -hmm. better blah, blah blah what that told me was one the confidence is not gone from hugh freeze at all and he does see himself in that light which we haven't really had to i, I think if you would ask me in 2015 2016 i would have absolutely agreed i just haven't thought about it since since he's been gone from like the around here um in sec stuff i it also tells me that i don't think He's very satisfied with that yeah. roster, and he brought up the roster. Kind of prepping people to say, "Look, we're gonna have a good offense, but this might not be the year. We got to get players yeah. in here." Right, right. So. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, look, and, and I think you pointed it out on Twitter, but I mean, they do have a, a reasonable schedule this year. Yeah, they do. I I, I see seven wins. So there. that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know that is Peyton Thorne the quarterback. It's between him and Robbie Ashford, and that question was asked, but it was kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Avoided to an extent. Um, he did bring up the quarterback room where he said he, he feels like he's a little bit more confident in the quarterback room than a lot of people, um, and he thinks they've got some talent there. 
I I don't know who becomes a quarterback. I will say too, I've, I've said this all offseason about Robbie or about uh, Jalen Milrow and how if you keep him off the field, you're keeping the best player on your roster, your best athlete on the field, off the field. You can make that claim for Auburn with Robbie Ashford. If you, if you, not that he's the best player or best athlete on the field for both sides, like Milrow, but for Auburn, he's the best athlete they're going to have on that field. And, you know, I don't see how you keep him off the field, at least in some capacity, whether it's like packages right. or what. You got to get him involved because more than anything, it's because you don't have the talent everywhere that you can get away with having to sideline him. Makes sense. I mean, he's going to have to improve, but uh, obviously mm-hmm. I think Hugh Freeze is – he'll do a good job of coaching up the QBs. So you've got – let's see, Mississippi State goes off soon. Have you seen their new helmets, by the way? They those are great, really huh? I love those. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, they are. They okay. just finished. They just finished. So um, – and, and then Auburn was at two, and I guess Zach Arnett was right after that. So – um, yeah, I, I thought it was, he seemed to handle himself pretty well. And again, I thought it was really cool the way they, they kind of paid homage to, to, um, the pirate and all that kind of stuff. But those helmets do look nice. I, I would, I was hoping they would show it in white. Cause I, yeah, that looks that would better. be sick. Um, oh. tomorrow, a big day. You got Alabama, you got Florida, and then of course, Kentucky and Arkansas. Um, you going to get any good questions in for any of these coaches? We got to brainstorm, man. I got to figure out what I'm going to say. I probably won't say anything to Saban. We'll see, though. Does he we'll does he know you because um, of Kristen or no? Like yeah, I, yeah. not well. He probably like I'm sure if in in a setting, sure. Um, but I don't think if you were like, hey, coach, Chris Marler said so. He'd be like, who the right. who is that? And that's fine because my own dad says that's that. True. You know what I mean? So it's cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, you know, we didn't want to have a long. Uh, podcast today obviously we're gonna re reconnect with you guys thursday after um everything's done and then um yeah we'll get back to the regular schedule so a lot of good content coming from chris and the team at saturday down south so don't forget to be following all the social media um you know for us it's obviously on twitter at sat down south at cfb underscore uncensored on Instagram and TikTok, mm-hmm. it's at Saturday Down South. And on YouTube, it's Saturday Down South 1. Um, if you wouldn't mind, go rate us, rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. We will get the Apple situation cleared up. Sorry for those that haven't been getting the latest uh, episodes. If you listen on Apple, we are going through a, a total change of not only how we record and the software we use there, but also how we upload to the various uh, outlets. And we're having some issues with Apple. So we will get that fixed. Um and in the meantime, go subscribe to the YouTube page. Don't forget to check out the SDS podcast yep. weekly with Connor O'Gara. And uh, we will be in touch with you guys later this week. Sounds good, guys.